Welcome back to Blue Milk Drop, a Star Wars podcast where we'll be covering everything Star Wars. Uh, my name is Nate, and I'm joined by my good friend, Brucker. Brucker, how are you doing today? Oh, Nate, I didn't know you were here. I didn't see your litter arrive. How are you doing, man? <laughs> doing good. We're talking about Book of Boba Fett, Chapter 2. Oh, man, this is going to be the good stuff. Yes. Like Brucker said on this show, we'll be geeking over Season 1, Episode 2 of the Book of Boba Fett. This is going to be a good one. I feel like we got a lot to cover uh, for this one. Yeah, I think that this was a big improvement from the uh, pilot episode or like the first episode that we got a book of Boba Fett. I had a lot more fun with this and it was there was a lot more to play around with with this episode. So this was this was a lot of fun. Yeah. So here's how it's going to go for this episode. Uh, we'll be going over some of the short the show details, give everybody their credit, our initial reactions things that stood out and then we'll jump into bold predictions and uh so let's just get started so in terms of the episode details the title of this one is the tribes of tatooine the official release date was january 5th 2022 official runtime about 52 minutes it was written by john favreau but directed by steph green so this is a new director from the previous episode uh the producers as always are john john favreau dave filoni kathleen kennedy and robert rodriguez and this episode had some new stars in it so we had, you know, the perennial Tamira Morrison, Ming-Na Wen, uh, <laughs> David Pasquezzi, and then Robert Rodriguez actually was in this episode. He voiced the mayor, Mark Chais. Uh, yes. And then we've got Jennifer Beals, the bar owner, and Carrie Jones as a an unfamiliar but familiar to the comic readers character. Uh, in terms of the episode summary, this is how it went. In present day, the most effortless interrogation reveals the mayor of Mos Espa sent assassins to Boba. Except, he didn't? Turns out there's another pair of Hut crime lords in town, ready to take over Cousin Jabba's old turf. The, com- the crime lord confrontation ends with blo- without bloodshed, but we're being set up for a potential all-out war in the future between Boba Fett and the Hut twins. In a flashback, in short, Boba Fett helps his new Tuscan friends take out take back what's rightfully theirs while being accepted into their tribe. So that's how it went. But let's get into our initial reactions. Brucker, start us off. What'd you think? Man, uh, as I said up top, I thought that this was a lot better. I do have some uh, criticisms of the show still because this format is so bizarre to me about how we're getting like little tidbits of what's going on with present day Boba Fett, but then the rest of the episode is going to be flashbacks and backstory exposition for him i almost feel like that this show would be a lot better if it just went chronological instead of doing this back and forth thing but this episode you know in a vacuum compared or not in a vacuum but this episode compared to the first one was a lot better it's higher up in my power rankings so far Mm -hmm. but what about you yeah i i would agree that the i guess the present day and back and forth is a little different from what what we're used to but I would say I think I just want a little bit more present day with it. I'm happy with the flashbacks. I'm happy with how they're doing it. I didn't really want like an origin story from the beginning, mm-hmm. just because I I just want to see. I just want to get to the point. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. But yeah, this this episode was jam packed. I think we we were supposed to record like the day after, uh, and we texted <laughs> each other. We're like, I think I'm gonna need more time with this one because <laughs> there's just yeah. like there's a lot to unpack to unpack. Um, in terms of that present day storyline, I am surprised how like slow they're kind of playing this whole thing. And like I said before, I, I would like them to, to speed this up a little bit. 
Um, and I couldn't help but think that I wish they had just released this one with the first episode. And I think that yeah. in terms of like an audience audience retention, I think it'd be a lot better, you know? Yeah, I think so too. Or just have all this Tuscan Raider backstory stuff as your first episode. Like this could have melded so well with the stuff we got in the first episode, which I mean, makes sense because, you know, it's a fluid story from episode to episode in a way, but like I'm enjoying like the present day stuff is cool just because we get to see Boba Fett, like, you know, in the armor and there's a lot of cool fan service nostalgia stuff with that. And we did get some more interesting characters in this, but the Tuscan Raiders stuff with him is so interesting to me. And it's, it, it's, it's a little bit different because, you know, it's stuff that we haven't exactly seen yet in live action. And it's kind of cool just to learn more about these tribes and, you know, their, their way of life and kind of like their, their adventures that Boba Fett gets to be a part of. So mm-hmm. I, like I said, I think that this show would just be better because it, and, it would just be better because then like when we are in present day and Boba Fett goes into the back to tank, he won't be like falling into these exposition dreams. <laughs> we could then get caught up with like, what's Fennec doing when he's in the back to tank? Like, you know what she's up to and grow her character some. So that's kind of like my big criticism of the show so far. Um, but you know, welcome to the stage, Steph green. You know, this was another female director that uh, star Wars got to have. She, I was kind of looking at some of her filmography stuff, and mm-hmm. it's pretty interesting. She hasn't really, like, like she'll do like one or two episodes of a bunch of stuff. Like she's worked on Luke Cage, Watchmen, The Americans, and Scandal, Bates Motel, American Crime, Billions. Like she's done an episode here or there of a bunch of really popular network shows. So it's cool to see her here, and I really love the direction of this uh, episode. That's interesting. I've always, th- I've always found it interesting how. TV shows in particular can just kind of jump from director to director each episode. And I, mm-hmm. I don't know, as someone who doesn't really, you know, dive into like the background of TV shows and things like that, like like what you do, um, I just never understood why. But I guess it's in terms of like how you can handle the tone or I don't know, I also, types of I think, I think that is a good, I mean, creatively, we hope it's that, you know, like who's like the right person for the job. But I also wonder if it's a budgetary thing. Like, I wonder if they if it's cheaper for them to, like, just hire someone for one episode instead of for the full season, you know? Mm-hmm. And they probably want to work on other projects, too. I'm sure everybody's, like, super busy. Yeah. So. Well, that being said, uh, do you want to jump into, I guess, what stood out for this epi- episode for you in particular? Yes. I, I want to hear from you first, though. What, what stuck out to you? Um, <clears throat> I think right off the bat, the... One thing I'm like the most curious about are all of the Trandosians in this episode. Mm-hmm. We seem to be getting a lot of like close-ups on them and they I'm getting like a like a tension between the Trandosians and Boba Fett in some way and I'm just wondering where that's going. I feel like they're going to come into play at some point because you can't just have them walking through a town and then the only town people you show are the Trandosians. And I'm thinking about like from the comics like what is what is the most recent experience Boba Fett has had with the Trandosians? And looking back, so there's a comic series called uh, War of the Bounty Hunters. And mm-hmm. so the, I guess, timeline-wise, the most recent thing that's happened in canon was that Boba Fett blew off Bosk, the bounty hunter's legs. He's a Trandosian bounty hunter. And left him for dead on an iceberg uh, huh. on a planet. So I'm wondering if that like reputation kind of spread 
and that was like some form of disrespect towards Trandoshans as a whole. And they're just Man, kind of nobody like is safe grudge. from losing their limbs in Star Wars. Sorry, I didn't mean <laughs> yeah. to cut you off, but that's so funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm wondering if that has something to do with it. But I, right off the bat, I was just like, what is their deal? You know? I hope that we get more of them, honestly, because I think that they are a, such a cool creature design. And I kind of hope that we get more of them interacting with the present day Boba Fett. Mm-hmm. It's like, uh, I feel like disney right now has like kind of an obsession with the trandoshans because like in like the high republic series they've got uh, a jedi character his name is skier and he is one of the main characters and he's trandoshan and they're just talking about like his struggle between like the light and the dark side uh just based That's on like, so the cool na- yeah just based on like the uh just carn- carnivorous you know wild nature of the trandoshans and then mm-hmm. separately like in the War of the Bounty Hunters comic, they're talking a lot about Bosk, and uh, I guess the, a big focus <laughs> that I've I noticed that they're doing is they're talking about how like Trandoshans can regenerate limbs. So I'm wondering if that like comes into play at some point. But I, I don't know. That that's more of a minor thing. So he's not gonna have robot uh, legs like like Darth Maul. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's just gonna have little baby legs. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, what uh? So what stuck out to you? Uh, I'm looking through my notes here. So I really liked the Fennec bringing in the the assassin of the Order of the Nightwind. Um, mm-hmm. This I loved like the whole. Like, it was a gag of the the fake out with the Rancor and everything. But at least like the setup to it, I thought was super cool because we got to see. Because I totally forgot from Return of the Jedi when 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 they initiate you know Protocol Rancor that. Uh, <laughs> that Jabba's uh, stage kind of slides over. And that mm-hmm. was a, such a cool shot that we have of like Boba Fett and Fennec looking down through the gate. And like, like we kind of see them like come across over it. I thought that was like a really cool shot, but I was kind of slightly annoyed that, that the assassin just like gave up, you know, his, his um, employer so easily. After being talked up so much being like, Oh, they're highly paid. Yeah, and I was like, okay, so you're okay with your with being decapitated by a pig, but you're not okay with like fighting a rancor, um, which like I know one is like more terrifying than the other, I guess. But I, I was just kind of like, this dude has no consistency, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> Stay consistent, man. If you're gonna die, just die. Yeah, like I don't know. What are you scared of? Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of, uh, I guess of that assassin, we it kind of takes us into that scene where they go to the mayor's office uh, after he, I guess, lied and said that the mayor sent him. Uh, and I kind of like that little funny moment. I feel like there's always, in these shows at least, there's always going to be like that small funny moment to kind of break up the seriousness of an episode mm-hmm. where uh, <laughs> Boba goes to the receptionist and he's like, what's your name? Boba Fett. And the guy's like, mm, you don't have an yeah. appointment. <laughs> Yeah, the major D's just like, I'm sorry, you need a reservation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's just that like was... this guy's no regard for who who he's dealing with at this moment. And it just it says a lot about like how these people view Boba Fett these days. It's it's just so weird. Yeah, but I love that they didn't go into like if this was written by Ryan Johnson, there definitely would have been like a dialogue between Boba Fett and them. Boba Fett trying to be like, uh no, I need I'm here to see the mayor, you know, then like going back and forth and like having like a <laughs> yo mama joke or something. I love that Boba Fett just like stayed true to like his character and just said no and it just like completely ignored him and just like walked all over him and just like forced his way back there. I I did really dig that. So, okay, thank God they didn't like go with like this 
snappy snappy dialogue between them for like jokes yeah it, it i don't think that would have been on brand uh for for boba fett at all uh, no. but, but when they go into to meet the mayor of mock um so I, I watched it once oh no i watched it three times in total and i actually picked up a comment <laughs> that's a difference <laughs> <laughs> no yes yeah, so i watched it three times and the first two times first one was enjoyment second one was notes third time was just you know just because i really liked the episode mm-hmm. and there was a comment that mock made that really interested me and he's talking about the order of the night wind not being allowed to operate outside of hut space um hmm. and this comment didn't i didn't catch that at first but it struck me that it's almost like mock the mayor doesn't acknowledge boba fett as the ruler of the territory in mos Espa. And with that comment saying that Mas Vespa and Tatooine as a whole is not considered hut space anymore, it tells me he's hmm. working. He's probably working for somebody else in the background. So it's like, it's not, I, I don't think this confrontation in the end is going to be just between like the huts and, and Boba Fett. Um, but I, I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself um, with that. So I, I th- that was just one of those things. I was like, ooh, that, that was like a throwaway comment, but also like, I feel like that had a lot of, meaning behind it in the background yeah i definitely thought that this character mock shayiz was very cool first this was one of the things that stood out to me in my notes um first off just super cool creature design these creatures are called ethorians i think mm-hmm. and they have like multiple mouths they have mouths on either side of their head and i kind of mm-hmm. loved the 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 translator helmet thing that he had on i thought that was like a very cool concept for it instead of just having subtitles of him doing this and robert robert rodriguez was doing the voice for this character yeah i thought uh for some reason i was gonna i thought it was gonna be the guy who voiced din Djarin, like mando from the mandalorian they sound similar they do yeah yeah it, it was cool i like how he put himself in there i think if i was a director if i was involved in star wars in some way i would definitely make myself like some sort of main character at least right yeah, I find that funny. He made himself the mayor and not like the receptionist that was giving him sass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's like, I don't care about my face showing. I, I, I'm gonna be a big guy. I'm gonna be a big gun. Yeah, but I did. So just I guess getting back to that character, I did love. You mentioned something that he said that stuck out to you. Uh, I was kind of confused at first about what he was saying. With uh, running a family is more complicated than bounty hunting. Mm-hmm. Than bounty hunting, I was like, what the hell does that mean? And then we find out that. Jabba's cousin, twin cousins, are wanting to stake claim over, you know, the 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 void of, or they think there's a void of, you know, power of crime lord in Tatooine now, Mos Espa, mm-hmm. and I don't know. It's like interesting that we're getting like the Huts back involved in this, but this is kind of this is kind of like what I was worried about during our trailer reaction episode of this whole show just being about like territory disputes, and so far mm-hmm. that's what it's been. Yeah, yeah. I, I see what you're saying. I don't know that it's a bad thing in particular. I think there's going to be a lot of layers to it just based on, like, the comics and how they kind of approach, like, the underground world. But let me give you, I guess, some, like, recent history with the Huts and Please do. And I guess why. Because I think my biggest question was, like, okay, they're his cousins. They're coming to get his territory. What about the time of between like when Bib Fortuna was in charge, I was like, that's weird. Like why yeah. wouldn't they just claim it right off the bat? And then I read this comic uh, 
<laughs> again, it's the one I keep talking about, War of the Bounty Hunters. It's like, it gives a lot of context, I think, to this show. But it kind of details a lot of infighting between the huts. So they have like this council. It's called the Hut Grand Council. And they're like the ruling body of the Hut clan um, on their planet, now Hutta, right? And so Jabba was one of the main members. Uh, and there was like a whole bunch of other people. Uh, but I guess in previous history, so right after episode five, there is like this big auction for um, Han Solo's body frozen in carbonite. So at some point, Boba Fett loses the carbonite Han Solo. It's picked up by Crimson Dawn, who was run by Kira, who was Han Solo's love interest from the from the movie Solo. Uh, so she's a leader of Crimson Dawn. And she's got all of the crime syndicates kind of bidding on him. And Jabba wins the bid. Um, and as he's going to collect it, Darth Vader intervenes and just takes Han Solo's body. And the Hut Grand hmm. Council that was there with Jabba was like, that is the most insulting thing you could have done, especially in front of our friends. And <laughs> so uh, Jabba's just like, you know what? It was not, it's not that big a deal. Um, I'll, it'll come back to me, I'm sure, but I'm just going to let it slide. But the, the members of like the Hut Grand Council were like, no, F that. We are going to fight them for this. So they like do an all out attack on the Imperials because uh, like their ships are there and mm. they lose and Vader slaughters every single member. So at that point, Jabba is the sole ruler of the Hut clan, right? Wait, then, wait, wait. So so Vader just like murders a bunch of other Huts. Yes. Oh my God. I got to see. I the whole ruling this. body it's yeah it's good he murders the entire ruling body so at that point jabba is the only ruling member of the entire hut territory right and obviously as we know in return of the jedi he is killed and so with that it's like not only is there no more ruler of the hut clan there's just no ruling there's no ruling body overall so i would imagine that a lot of infighting has been going on for the years in between Jabba's death and where this show kind of picks up so that's where I'm, I'm guessing like where the delay in trying to like retake Jabba's you know territory claim kind of came into play with this show is that I they had just been fighting amongst each other and then now they're like okay now we're ready to take our stuff back I hope that at some point we get to see that slaughter like on screen because you know mm-hmm. that's gotta be disgusting you know because oh, these yeah. huge space slugs <laughs> slugs just yeah. filmed to the brim with fat and grease and frog guts like just, like i'm pretty sure that was a nasty nasty debacle um, you know what the best part of that. it they're not all like slug like there was one he had like a chest he was like built he was built like a bodybuilder <laughs> <laughs> with like a slug tail and I was like, what is going on? Just make them all chunky, you know? Just make them all chunky. It's also weird that these are, like, these slug huts are the people with so much power. It's so bizarre. It just must be money. Like, they just must be loaded from something, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. For sure. Uh, I love when they're being carried in, in the litter and, like, the platform <laughs> they're on is, like, kind of caved in a little bit. It- <laughs> Yes, it's like these like schmoes that they got to like you know fake carry these CGI slugs, which I'm going to get to. Um, I love how you, like even when they're just standing, you can like they're they're doing some like good acting because they're all like still like acting like they're carrying this tremendous amount of weight and like they're about to give. So uh, I, I commend them for that because I thought that was like pretty good and immersive. But like, why did 
like I, I kind of wish that we still had like the puppet uh, uh, huts for this. I, I, I kind of wish that. I was kind of like a little disappointed that we had these CGI things. Yeah, like they gave us live action Trandoshans, but they couldn't give us live action slugs. Yeah. Yeah. And hey. it was also weird. Did you notice that the the brother of the of the twin set was using like a rat to like dry himself off like from his sweat? <laughs> Did you notice that? That was, yeah, that disgusting. was disgusting. <laughs> These things are freaking gross. Yeah. Oh my god. And they're like smoking their hookah too. They're they're just just as gross as Jabba and I I appreciated it. I thought it was great. It was a great mm-hmm. little detail. So tell me what were you going to say? What what did you have to say about I guess that whole ordeal? Oh no, no, I was just upset about about the CGI. I just wanted puppets. Oh. I wanted I wanted <laughs> puppets or a fat dude in a suit. Like I wanted like something where light is hitting another object. That's what I wanted out of this. But Well, we did get that with their their muscle. What'd you think oh, of this guy? The 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 winner of the episode, the, yeah. the this black wookie warrior gladiator they call him. This dude was bad and I think I've seen him in a comic before, like with the Darth Vader comics and Doctor Afra, I think. Doctor Afra, yeah, you have seen him. Afra. His his name is uh, Black Cursantin. They call him Black K. Thank God, because I can't say Cursantin. I just did, but I won't be able to do that again. <laughs> You're like, I I won't be able to you know remember that right off the top of my head. Yeah. So he he is he is a sick character. Like Homie was he like. They didn't give the backstory as to why, but he's like an exiled Kashyyyk Wookiee, right? He did something bad, and he is just like disgraced. He's not allowed back on the planet. So homie went to go be a gladiator, and then he went to be a bounty hunter, and he was employed by, like you said, Darth Vader at one point and Jabba the Hutt. So he, he's got a lot of cool cool history, and it just him being on this show means a lot, and it means that we're probably going to get a lot of other people from these comic Dude, series and God, uh, the possibilities I, I, are endless i hope that we get those two little evil demented droids the what was it like triple zero and basically like the anti-c3p on r2d2 yeah with, yeah uh, dr afra i hope that we get those um but this this wookie black k he is so bad and he was terrifying like his eyes there's such a good opportunity for them to do like a like horror-esque like star wars movie starring this dude as the monster yeah that would just be so cool this guy i could just see him just ripping people limb from limb like i i i really 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 hope that we get to see him and boba fett like melee fight each other i'm so excited for that something to the tone of like the old predator movies right yes like they're hunting and on kashik or something like that would be (gasps) Dude, oh. wouldn't that be amazing oh. <laughs> if this show takes us to Kashyyyk? I would lose it. That's one of the cooler planets, I think. There's just so it much is. going on. And then with Fallen Order, with how everything kind of played out with there, like being on Kashyyyk, it was just like, yeah, there's there's uh, a lot of potential here. There's so much. And, you know, they just released the news that there's a Fallen Order 2 coming out. I'm just saying, like, mm-hmm. that would be so good to hype that up. But, yeah, this was, this dude was the winner of the episode for me, Black K. I <laughs> Oh my god, he was cool. He was cool. He's one of those guys you're like, I need, I need more of him. And mm-hmm. honestly, I think he would wreck Boba Fett. I don't, I don't know about you. But <laughs> that, that's just my thought. <laughs> that's just my thought. We'll see. Yeah, um, he probably would. Yeah, um, but almost immediately, you know, they just dialed down the action. They're like, oh no, not this episode. 
future episodes. Maybe maybe the last episode, but you're not going to get it yet. They didn't give us what we wanted. Uh, so we jumped right into a flashback. Like that was what the full extent of our present day. It was like 12 minutes of this 52 minute episode. And yeah. so we're back with the Tuscans. Did anything like stick out to you here? Between like here and the Tuscans? Uh, is, mm-hmm. I, just, I still, I find it odd that we're using the back the tank as like, all right, he's just going to go to sleep. Here's like, here's like the the show we wanted to do um but (laughs) it's like a battle uh, between yeah what they wanted and what disney wanted yeah um but i mean i really like all this tuscan raider stuff and like the the story that we got with them in this episode was so cool um you know it really harkens back to like the western it's kind of like a mixture of like western like, like american western movies and like cowboy movies and kind of like the japanese samurai stuff too um, I think this is like a really good blend of all of that, and there, there was just a lot of cool stuff in this. From yeah. I loved seeing him and the like dreadlock, uh, uh, dreadlock esque uh, Tuscan like training how to fight with the gafty sticks or gafty staffs, and uh, just and then you know we get the the pike train and everything. Like it was just, it was all super enjoyable and really cool to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, thought about the, the black Tuscan Raider. I think I'm like starting to think that that's a woman. And I, hmm. I noticed this again on my third watch where I was like, I don't know, like there was like a hip swing and it made me think, I'm like, is this like a possible love interest for, for Boba Fett in the future? <laughs> this is their tie-in. so funny. Yeah. Oh my God. He's just bringing, uh, he's just bringing this. They don't even have names. Like we don't even mm-hmm. know their names, but you know, uh, maybe he, maybe this person doesn't have a name. So it's all like a hand gesture. Her name is. <gasps> <laughs> <laughs> That's it. He's going to be like, let me see your face. And he's going to take her mask off. And he's going to be like, Ooh, <laughs> Oh God! I've you were in the sun what a look like. for the yeah. wi- for a while. Yeah, he's like, oh, so y'all are, y'all are aliens. Interesting. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> this is cool. Like, I'm cool with. this. I'm gonna need that little lizard dude to go back go back up my nose for this one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I need to be under the influence. Oh, man. <laughs> okay. Anyway, <laughs> uh, you want to? Uh, so, wh- what about like the 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 Pike train that's like going through those running spies? I thought it was interesting that we're getting like our third, like train heist scene, right? So the first I feel like one it's was our second. Solo. Was there a third? Was there another? First one? one was in Solo, where they're yeah. getting, uh, where Han and you know all yeah. The, yeah, and then the second one was, like the second to last episode of season two of The Mandalorian, and it wasn't really a train. It was like the that was more like caravan. a cargo caravan but they kind of yeah. i feel like they treated it like a like a train heist right as best they could like with with what that's they a had. good point yeah i didn't think about that yeah so this is our third one so there's like an obsession there first of all um but i just thought i don't know i thought it was cool i i, I like the parallels between this episode and then that one episode of the mandalorian where he's like training the locals and how to defend themselves against a more technologically advanced foe. You know what I mean? Oh, um, from like episode four of Mando. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. a really good point. I was thinking it was more like episode two of Mando where he was learning how to ride those like, uh, those, I don't know, th- those big creature things, you mm-hmm. know, uh, or, or the, the little, um, sh- Ooh, what shoot, are what are they called? It doesn't, it doesn't matter. I, it doesn't matter. Where he's about. learning how to ride <laughs> little one of those beasts. Yes, and now he's training the Tuscans how to ride speeders. Mm-hmm. Um, like a bantha. 
like a bamfa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was all. That was good. Uh, I mean, it was a cool montage and everything. But uh, I, I'm getting like a little bit ahead of ourselves here with uh, before we get to the actual train heist. Um, mm-hmm. When he goes to get the speeders, I saw this online. Did you see that that bar that is Toshi Station? Yeah. They yeah. didn't make that a big deal. Have a sign no. or something. <laughs> what the heck are we doing? That's yeah. so, that like, like, cause like that blew my, you know, that blew my mind when I read that online. Cause you know, doing the research, I was like, oh my god, that was like Tashi Station, and apparently the the two human characters we have in there were like Luke's friends and like someone he had a crush on that were deleted scenes from A New Hope, and mm-hmm. it's just like. Can can we can we make like a bigger deal about this? Like like yeah. I feel like you're being way too relaxed with the Tashi <laughs> Station. Yeah, uh, I was a little oh, like underwhelmed by this place. Like it looked like a barcade kind of, and it didn't look like because I always pictured Tashi Station to be like an Auto Zone, right, or an O'Reilly's Auto Parts. Like you go to pick up a power converter for you know your Skyhawk well, or whatever. To be fair, it's been like what like 30 years since like you know in star wars movies like since like a new hope or whatever actually it's been longer than that no. I yeah because no. this is after return of the jedi no no right? this is yeah yeah Maybe so like it's seven, been it's, it's been years. like at least 20 i would think Okay, maybe Between, not twenty. Okay, no, 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 that's way too. Okay, much. it's, it's like been like years. close to a deck. I, I I keep going down. It's like been like <laughs> it's been a few years. It's possible. Maybe Luke was like their biggest patron, and like without him, like oh god, like we're, we're sinking. <laughs> like ever mm-hmm. since Luke decided <laughs> to save the galaxy, like we gotta. <laughs> Nobody actually cared. They just like where'd that kid go? I don't know. He's probably dead. Okay. <laughs> no, I think they had to get a reverse mortgage on their moisture farm to keep keep Tashi Station going. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> because maybe maybe Luke fought off those maybe Luke and Obi Wan, uh, individually fought off these all these speeder dudes that would just come and like drink and eat for free like we see here. Which I did find interesting that, so like Boba Fett just sees the speeder bikes go, and he mm-hmm. immediately clicks with I'm going to murder them and take their bikes just like it, before he even knew that they were jerks. You know, he mm-hmm. just instantly went I'm going to go steal those bikes from those from those mfers and because i just and i was i was thinking wow that's like kind of cold and and because well no we had already seen them like kill the moisture farmers in the first episode yeah that was was with the rodian and yeah that was the point i was like i was like oh i guess that these were the bikers from from that but it wasn't clear to me on the first watch that they were the same Sorry for stealing your point. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's fine. Yeah. It's fine. It's fine. But yeah. So, anyways, uh, th- this this fi- this bar fight was it was pretty cool, but it felt it felt very much like okay, we gotta like let let Tamir Morrison be badass for like a minute. Like I don't mm-hmm. know. It felt very much like this is your mama's Boba Fett. Watch him do this. He's still the same dude. <laughs> this is your mama's Boba Fett. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was cool. It was cool to see him fight without all his like doodads and such so (laughs) it was cool to see him fight without his doodads (laughs) as you're taking a drink i'm sorry i knew i knew what that comment would do to you uh oh no that's fine but anyways yeah i just wanted to at least not gloss over tashi station Mm -hmm. um but yes so we go to the the train heist scene where it's the pikes are smuggling spice across the dune sea right Mm -hmm. um Nothing, nothing really big. Uh, honestly, pulled from that. I, I thought it was just a cool scene. I, I liked, like the tie into Solo with the Pikes and 
how we'd mm-hmm. seen like you know the spice being mined from Kessel I guess like the raw material being mined from Kessel uh, and just seeing like what the capabilities of of that gas is for uh, but it was mm-hmm. cool to like have him kind of like set the stage of you're dealing with a new Tuscan Raiders you know what I mean these ain't the, these ancient your grandma's Tuscan Raiders these are the new <laughs> new folks in town you better pay up any up you know and yeah they learned cool. how to ride bikes they're dangerous <laughs> they know how to do things now they they know technology and they got plenty yeah. of water now um i really did love this train heist um i loved the little droid conductor this was super fun i i thought that was really cool mm-hmm. um did um, okay i had a hard time at first though when the train first came as who was attacking who like i had mm. a hard time telling the train technically shot first but when mm-hmm. the train comes through, we see everybody go ahead and grab their cycler, ri- cycler rifles, which, by the way, one of my favorite weapons from Star Wars Battlefront 2015. Freaking love the cycler rifle. Um, happy to see that on the screen again. Um, but I had a hard time seeing, like, who was, like, the aggressor here? Because, like, it's just a train passing through. And I couldn't tell if the train was like, oh, these, these, these jerks always shoot at us when we come by. So let's just go ahead and get a couple off. Or if, like, the Tuscans were like, oh, God, it's those guys again. They always, like, I don't know, just pillage us or whatever. So I had a, had a really hard time at, like, seeing, like, who is, like, in the right here, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't know if you had a different read of it. No, I, I it seemed more self-defense uh, by the on the part of the Tuscans, right? It just seemed like they're kind of getting picked on in a way because, okay. I mean, I'm sure they probably just would have let this train go by at some point. Uh, but maybe not because... We also saw some Tuscan Raiders shooting up uh, Anakin Skywalker and his little pod racing. So who knows? Yeah. So I, I have a, a boy that could have been a different tribe because I think that, yeah, that, they did say that they other s- ones are... some survived by fighting and some survived by hiding. Yeah. That's a good point. So I'm sure I'm sure they just got a bad rap from the other tribes and they're just getting picked on. And this is just self-defense for them. I am now but, realizing that. They are doing like a really good job at differentiating these Tuskins from like Tuskins that we've seen in the movies, besides just behavior. Because, you know, mm-hmm. the other ones we see in the movies, kind of like what you just said, seem to be on the aggressive and like attacking people. Yeah. And, the, and these are also, it, it, they are aggressive, but like, you know, they don't seem to be going out of their way, I don't think. Mm-hmm. Um, I say that, and they kidnapped a, Ro- a Rodian and Boba Fett in episode one. But, anyways, um, <laughs> they, they are also dressed different. You know, they're in black cloaks while the other ones weren't they're like tan or beige mm-hmm. um so I, I guess they are re- like really trying to say that there are different factions and they all operate a little bit differently yeah their huts are also different from the ones that we've previously seen they're more nomadic yes exactly exactly and that's a real life thing too <laughs> of how they live. <laughs> um i did want to talk about the tuscan tribes real quick so with boba fett kind of establishing almost like leadership among like the Tuscan tribe, it kind of gave me thoughts of, I wonder if they're going to follow a storyline from an old, like non-canon comic, uh, like story arc about the Tuscans. Um, Hmm. So if you don't mind, I'm going to go into that real quick. So there is a 1998 comic series called just star Wars. And it's like a six or seven like story arc where it's kind of talking about a self exiled Jedi who, like exiles himself to Tatooine. He gets taken in by the Tuscan tribe. Uh, he's taught their ways. 
he eventually um, is like seen as a leader amongst them just based on his like pure warrior skills. And he eventually like unites the tribes of all the Tusken Raiders and he like keeps them organized. And at, at the same time, the Huts had started a war between the Tuscans and like the non-Tuscan inhabitants of Tatooine. So just like the town folk. And the problem being that the Tuscans are more organized as ever. Like they have, they seem to be having like a fight style rather than just like running at gunfire and getting shot up. Like they seem to have some sort of strategy and this is becoming a problem to the point where, you know, there's just, there's just tension amongst the planet and a lot of like disdain towards the Tuscans when really it's just like they're defending themselves for something that the huts started and the non-Tuscan inhabitants are just kind of attacking the Tuscans for absolutely no reason, uh, unprovoked. So I'm wondering if that's like kind of the storyline that we're going to follow where Boba kind of unites the tribes, which is why we got mention of the tribes. Ooh. And it makes me think that like, uh, I wonder if Bib Fortuna is responsible for maybe like killing off his tribe, like the people who mean something to him, which is why, he even goes to take his throne in the first place and like kills him and like establishes the new rule of respect rather than fear. You know what I mean? Cause he's just like, you destroyed my new family. I'm going to make sure that this doesn't happen again from the inside. You know what I mean? He's fixing it from the inside out. Oh, that is such a good point. I think that's, I like that prediction a lot um, because you mentioning family now something i was like really getting from this and from especially like that 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 vision quest that he goes on um about him my my read on that was about you know him trying to find family really for him like where where does he slide into because uh you know if you look at like the 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 imagery that we get uh in sequence in in his little like lizard uh drug trip um he yeah, you know, we see flashbacks of him on Camino with Django Fett flying off and him like wishing he could definitely like be with his dad, his father dying, and then him escaping the Sarlacc pit and everything and then like finding his freedom from that. And it seems that he wants acceptance from this from from this Tuscan tribe because he's looking for family. And that was kind of like the reading I got from that. I was like, that's really interesting. That's not something that I would have expected from this bounty hunter character for him to desire to have. You know, that does, that makes a lot of sense what you're saying. Cause like he's, he has been wearing white like the whole time, uh, which is like symbolic towards like purity and rebirth and stuff. Hmm. And yeah. Like after that vision quest, he could have just been reborn into like a completely new person. Like he's shedding his old lifestyle of a bounty hunter just because that was his legacy with Django Fett. So interesting. That's an interesting point you bring up. Thanks. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah, I was, I thought the vision, like the first time I watched it, I was like, this is like really cool and interesting, but I was also kind of like, what are they getting at here with this? It really wasn't until I watched it again. I was like, oh, okay. Like they're really harping on, because this is now the second time in this, uh, in this season that we've seen him think about Jango Fett dying and him being in there mm-hmm. afterwards. So I find that interesting that I think like they're really trying to tie that he wishes he either had some sort of bigger connection with him or like, I wonder if they're going to play into like how he feels just, you know, ideologically being a clone and not being made from, you know, like a mom and dad. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So you just gave me a thought 
Um, and spoiler for the Bad Batch, do you want me to say it, or are you okay with? Go me? ahead, go ahead. Okay, Boba Fett has a sister um, <gasps> who is also a clone who ages at the same like normal rate as him, maybe even younger. I'm not sure. I think she ages even slower. Um, but I'm 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 wondering if she's going to come into this. Her name is Omega, by the way. And I'm wondering if she like kind of comes into play, like maybe he does lose his Tuscan family and is like seeking that through being a crime lord by, you know, building his family like through respect. And then he actually gets a real family member who is just like him in every way. Um, just, yeah, she's his equal, you know? Mm-hmm. That's really cool. I did not know he had a sister. That'd be, that'd be cool to see if she does come up in this. Um, I did want to talk about real quick the significance of the Tuscan Gaffy stick real quick. Oh yes, so this was awesome. I th- I thought yeah, I loved that sequence of like him making his own because in the in like the Legends comics, these weapons were described as being like incredibly important to their Tuscan culture. Um, like people can be individuals could be identified by their Gaffy sticks because you know you make your own and. I guess the number of like spikes you have on it just kind of like shows your rank within the tribe, right? So like if you looked at the um, like the chieftain of the Tuscan tribe that Boba is currently with, like he's got a whole bunch of like metal spikes on his <clears throat> compared mm. to Boba, who's got I guess one row of it. Um, and it's even said that like if if a Tuscan could no longer like hold their gaffy stick like due to injury or something, like they couldn't hold it properly in battle that they would literally just end their own lives because it was just, it was not worth it. That's like, that's how important that weapon is to them. So like Whoa. by them allowing him to make his own, by them guiding him and making his own, that was like a huge step in towards of him being like accepted into this tribe and like truly being viewed as a member. And I thought that was really cool. Um, and it, it kind of made me think of like, what was the relevance between the present day story and the flashback story is that, all these people are assuming Mando is a party of four, right? With him, Fennec, and the two Gamorrean guards. And, like, the mayor saying, like, running a family is not the same as bounty hunting. And, like, not really knowing, like, he has a family. He's got the Tuscans. Like, he has been accepted into this. And I think they're just going to really come into play down the road in terms of, like, that conflict of they're going to be like, we have you outnumbered. And he's like, actually, um, <laughs> look to the desert. They're all around us, you know? And I think my that's going to be... My family will be back in greater numbers. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> They'll return it tenfold uh, for every death of one Tuscan. So I think that was not a throwaway statement. I think that was, like, legit. Oh, my God. That that little, like, threat that he gave that you just echoed made so much more sense now. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting, huh? Uh, do you mm-hmm. have any other things that, I guess, kind of stuck out to you? Or do you want to go into, like the direction of the show bold predictions more so uh i wanted to quickly i mean i love i mean i really liked this episode i dug it a lot i thought the music in this is so good i love the the, the theme song in this is so tribal and everything and i love like the little tribal dance that they do with their gafty sticks and everything after they don him in the black uh drapes and everything it was so cool um i wanted to if, if this is a good sp- good spot to do this introduce a new segment of the show the background boba fett award uh for this uh, <laughs> absolutely which is, absolutely so i'm pretty sure people are familiar you know that boba fett was just a background character from empire and you know across the original trilogy 
uh, movies, he only had six minutes and 32 seconds of screen time and four lines of dialogue, but he turned into this huge fan favorite, you know, and he was just a background character. So I was thinking, you know, it would be kind of cool to talk about background characters that, like, won this episode. And my nominees are the droid conductor, which I thought was very cool. <laughs> but then the real person that won this, which was, you know, Black K, that this dude was just so badass. I just, yeah. I know we talked about how cool he was, but he, I think, wins the background Boba Fett award for this episode. Mm-hmm. He blew my freaking mind. I was like, this is what we, this is what I think Wookiee should be. You know, like Chewbacca's cool, you know, he's cool, he's a pilot. <laughs> Chewbacca and, you know, is it like somebody I want to have a beer with. Yeah. Black K is somebody I want standing outside my house making sure I'm safe at night. <laughs> you know? Yes. <laughs> exactly. Like we get all this type talking about like how Wookiees will rip your arm off and it's like, I could see Chewbacca doing that kind of but this guy, I'm like, this guy would tear me in half, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like so. this dude would do it over nothing too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. I love that award. Thank you for introducing that. I cannot wait to see who else blows our mind uh, in the episodes. Yes. And I think we're gonna have a lot of nominees going forward so i sure hope so and i just want to say what made the conductor droid a nominee besides besides expertly conducting this train and i loved that he just noped the the heck out <laughs> and just went nope and just jumped out a window and the spider crawled away i was like gosh mm-hmm. like this droid is like concerned about like its soul it's so funny yeah um self-preservation uh, he's like no yeah I'm good, yeah so i was like okay he's going on the list <laughs> I can get another job. This is not that important to me. So, (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Well, with that being said, thank you for that. Uh, Let's go ahead and go into our where's this going slash bold predictions of the show. And I want to just mine. Mine aren't so much bold predictions as they are like tie ins that I kind of noticed uh, towards these other shows. And I actually have kind of a big one. Okay. so hang with me for a second. So in the Star Wars canon novel, Bloodline, there is a comment that C-3PO makes about the Nikto species. So the Nikto species are the people that Boba Fett fought in Tashi Station in that bar. And they're also the people that are carrying the huts, right? Oh, okay. So so C-3PO makes this comment about the Nikto species that they have served the Hut clan for centuries, um, because their their home planet had been taken over by the huts and all of their people had been enslaved right so in present day boba fett we see like a lot of those nikto species being a part of the huts litter carrying them in uh and then we obviously see them throughout like like the original trilogy movies like working for job of the hut <clears throat> mm-hmm. so i'm thinking like okay or you're probably thinking like where is this relevant to the mandalorian because the alien species that Mando and IG-11 fight to get to Baby Yoda, a.k.a. Grogu, in the very first episode of The Mandalorian are Nyctos. Oh. And I'm, one, I'm like, wait a minute. Are the Hut twins the ones who, like, captured Baby Yoda and were keeping him captive and had the Nikto species, like, defending it? They're, like, they're defending their property? Because this all is happening on the same timeline. This is all same timeline oh and I'm, wow. I'm willing to bet that we're gonna get we just probably got an answer to who had baby yoda in the first place and it was them it's just now we need to know why and that just like completely blew my mind i was like whoa hold on 
That Did is anybody insane. catch that? Yeah. That is insane. And that would also, dude, holy, you should have started the episode with that. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, I think that that also would explain why the twins didn't care to come into Mos Espa after Jabba died because they were busy with with possibly Grogu at the time. Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. That is Isn't huge. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Crazy. I love that speculation. Um, yeah. Makes you think. Wow. That does. Um, I, I I don't have anything crazy like that. Uh, <laughs> that was, oh, my God. You you really just, like, threw me for a loop there. Wow. Um, I, I really hope that we do find out about that, whether it was the twins or not. I hope that eventually that we do find out what was mm-hmm. going on there because I think that's a cool backstory to have for Grogu. Um, in terms of where this is going, I'm in kind of am just concerned about this format as I said at the beginning. Like I really hope that it, it starts to become chronological like at some mm-hmm. point. Um cuz like I mean like I like I love the Tuscan stuff, but like I don't know this this format is weird. It's kind I I'm not a huge fan of it, but I do wonder if we will if this Tuscan stuff timeline will eventually meet up with him finding Fennec on Tatooine mm. and like that's where it'll stop so yeah. I wonder if that's like how far it'll go and that's kind of like my prediction and you want that sooner than later yeah if we could get that like next episode that'd be great um, <laughs> can y'all just end this this is great and all but I'm done yeah and then and then I still I, I think I'm still going to go with my big prediction for, or I guess like a uh, climactic prediction from last episode and that there, there's is the show's going to come to like some sort of like uh fighting apex and Boba Fett's going to have to recruit his Tuscan tribe to help him like bring like their army to help him fight and I think I definitely think that's where this is going mm-hmm. you don't think he would want to bring in like the other bounty hunters too to kind of like supplement that? no because he's not bounty hunting anymore he doesn't want to owe them any favors that's true well I mean he's a crime lord though he would be the one hiring them so that is a good point but he doesn't want to pay up money <laughs> he doesn't and he have can pay money. the tribes yeah. in like water <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is true um, he's like hey i got a back to take i just sleep in this you know i need y'all so to, just... <laughs> i need y'all to kill some people your payment bring a bucket bring a bucket i got you <laughs> i got a spigot out back <laughs> oh my goodness you just, you just go ahead and fill that up as much as you want i have one more prediction that is literally not even for this show but it's more of a possibility for the kenobi series and <gasps> it involves black k our favorite wookie so oh. i don't know if you noticed so and at the look of black k his like left eye was kind of like drooped a little bit <laughs> so i was gonna say does he have cerebral palsy <laughs> stop <laughs> <laughs> no so he's got a scar across his left side of his face that obi-wan kenobi left on him so in the comic series Star Wars uh, that started in 2020, not the 1998 one, episode number 15, if you wanted to check it out, or comic series number 15, Jabba hires Black K to hunt Kenobi because he is being a thorn in his side to his criminal operations. So Black K confronts Kenobi. He actually confronts, um, not Aunt Beru, but the uncle, uncle, uncle of Luke Skywalker, Uncle Owen. He, like, captures him. Kenobi comes to save him. They fight. Kenobi leaves that slash across his face. And I'm thinking 
we might actually see this in live action in the Kenobi series. But I don't know, since they've already covered it in the comics, if they won't. But that's where I'm thinking that we're gonna at least going to see this dude <laughs> like in the future. Yeah. And if anything, it would just be Disney wanting to use that costume again. So who knows? Yeah, because they want to get that toy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it's so that was cool. it. That one wasn't like a huge wow because it was it's already been covered. But I'm ready to get into the episode grading if you are. Yes. How many Death Stars did this episode earn from both of us? I'll go ahead and start. This earned four out of five Death Stars from me. Uh, it earned a full another uh, Death Star from the last episode. I'm now like, I wish I could retroactively like go back and like give like correct my ratings. I feel like I was maybe a little too high on that one, but whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, this was really good because I thought it was significantly better. Again, I do have like those criticisms I've already mentioned about the formatting, but this was very good. And I thought that Steph Green did a great job directing this. And Tamara Morrison is doing a really, really, really good good job with this. I love his uh just like how just how his line deliveries of things. I loved the little like line delivery that he gave to the pikes. Or what do you say? Yeah, our gratitude to you would be like our like uh, civility but he like he enunciates like every single letter like in every word is just so good but uh, yeah four out of five death stars for me uh i gave it uh half a notch up i gave it four and a half out of five because i just this thing was just dense with so much fan service for me at least and i couldn't get over it it sent me i i mean i watched the episode three times and it did not get old and i think that has a lot to say uh, in and of itself, because I don't think the first one was like as rewatchable as this one. So definitely wasn't. Yeah. So yeah. If I if I could go back, I definitely would knock like half a star or half a death star off of my previous rating from the other show. But yeah, this one was incredible. I'm I'm. It made me excited for the future. Um. But that being said, you ready to close out the show? Yes. Thank you, everybody, for listening to this episode of Blue Milk Drop. Please be sure to to follow us on our socials on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Blue Milk Drop. Send us your thoughts on the show, both us and the actual Book of Boba Fett, what all you've been liking, and we will shout you out and give us a five-star rating on Spotify and iTunes. All right. Thank you, guys. Echuta. <laughs> uh, I wish I had a cool closeout thing, but uh, I'll see you guys next week. Bye. <laughs> Bye.